happy hump day halfway through the week. And what a week it has been. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. The website at allamericangold.com. Uh, Ramon reminded me we're going to be uh, making the switch here, I don't know, in the next week or two. It should be pretty seamless for you, but instead of going to the podcast, instead of it being on SoundCloud, we'll be on a another another one. But as uh, as we told you a few weeks ago, we're pretty much everywhere. So anywhere you may be, uh, as far as picking up, we're on iTunes, we're on Google, we're on here, or there. Ramon just said we're on something else. The uh, earlier today, and so you'll be able to find us. But I guess SoundCloud's having issues. iHeartRadio. If you guys are familiar with that, I guess they missed their debt payments as well. So, uh, yeah, either way, we'll keep changing with the times. That's what we do here. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. Legal, lawful, constitutional tender. Gold and silver. It is what we do. Continue. Just keep putting it away. Had interesting comments by Carl Icahn yesterday. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki as well. Uh, we'll talk about those. We had the Dow recovering. So, you know, you had down 600 on Friday, down 1,200 on Monday, up almost 600 yesterday. Uh, right now, up 300. Uh, we'll have to wait and see, right? It's still early in the day. But they, I, I guess we're finally back to the, the volatility. Remember the markets uh, going back, you know, four, five, six, seven years ago where every it seemed like every day was a triple-digit move day. And it didn't matter, up or down, uh, this will be, if it holds like this, at least the fourth and I think the fifth straight uh, triple-digit move in a row. Uh, not a ton of economic data out, uh, more of the uh, buy-the-dip type things. The bigger news of the day, though, is is there or is there not going to be a government shutdown tomorrow? I will say this. Normally, I'm not a big shutdown guy. I think it's nonsense. Uh, the president uh, yesterday said, hey, if we don't have a, an immigration deal, let's shut it down. And now I think the Democrats don't want an immigration deal because they don't have any leverage. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. But right now, th- uh, this broke about 35, 40 minutes ago. The Senate may be nearing a deal, a two-year deal, uh, and let's just say there's no more, there's no such word as fiscally responsible uh, in Washington D.C. anymore. At least the the way it's been presented, I'll tell you what, how much more spending it, we're going uh, to possibly have. I don't know if, obviously, we don't know what deal, if any, is going to be struck, but we have until tomorrow. Uh, and then the Treasury's out of money, and, and then the government shuts down, and all the non-essential government workers can't go to work and all that stuff. Remember, we had one over a weekend. It lasted like a day, and then they passed a uh, two- or three-week deal. So we're at the debt limit again. So the debt limit, well, you know, we're sitting at this $20.6 trillion. Uh, this deal that they're working on, two-year deal for a budget for the next two years, along with a debt ceiling increase. Uh, and at least from what I'm seeing, we're going to have a new, if this, and of course this is a big if, if this one passes, we'll have a debt ceiling well above $23 trillion. 
but we'll bring that to you today. I'll, I'll at least tell you the, the deal. The big, the big spenders, uh, defense, and then, of course, they want money for infrastructure. Uh, and then the student loan crisis now picking up steam. People are now talking about, do we need to have complete student loan forgiveness because nobody's paid? <laughs> right? Why not? And you know what? Since none of you are paid, why don't we just let everybody have it for free? Here's the thing. If, if, if you know, think about it. What if you don't have a student loan? Don't you don't you think you I should I don't have a student loan. My wife doesn't have a student loan. Shouldn't I get something? Right? How about you pay off my credit cards or you pay off something else, right? No one has to pay anything. Maybe that's what we all need to do. Right? You know, kinda like the housing market thing. You know what? Everyone just stop paying. No, we're not paying for it anymore. It's ridiculous. <laughs> right? Bail us all out, right? You bail out all the companies. Now it's time for you to bail out us, the little guys. Uh, but but we'll talk about that as well, like I said. And then uh, what the warning was from not only uh, from Robert Kiyosaki, but also from Carl Icahn yesterday. Uh, both of them, by the way, said that they thought the market would recover, and it looks like they were right. Like I said, the Dow now up 300 points uh, today, was up almost 600 points Yesterday, crude oil has broken down. Good news is bad news. Uh, crude oil production, uh, the, the numbers came out this morning. It looks like we are now number two in the world. 10.25 uh, million barrels a day. Uh, we now, I guess that puts us right, you know, just right ahead of Saudi Arabia and, and re- right behind Russia. Russia, I think, is over 11 million barrels a day. 10.25 million barrels a day. Uh, it's got the whole commodity sector down. Gold's down, uh, silver's down, oil's down, copper's down. Uh, the and of course, remember, crude oil very important to this GDP number. Uh, right now, down a dollar twelve at 62.27. You know what was so funny is I saw gas prices went up again as I was driving into work. Uh, so maybe they'll hopefully come back down. Uh, but 62.26. Uh, for a barrel of crude oil after uh, builds and everything. We had a crude oil build, we had gasoline build, distillates build, which is your diesel fuel. Uh, and then, of course, the bigger thing was U.S. crude oil production, the highest level since 1970. Uh, we now are sitting there as the second largest crude producer in the world, which I think is a darn good thing. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. Wow. What a difference a couple of minutes make. Patriot Radio News Hour. Charles Evans was out. Another one of our great, illustrious Federal Reserve governors says that he wants to hold back on interest rates uh, until at least the mid-year. So that's going to put this March rate hike into question. Uh, We'll have to see the effects on that. It's already got gold now, uh, which was down, moving in the other direction now. says that the hint of inflation is developing. Just a hint. Just a smidgen. Just a pinch. He sees the unemployment rate 
And here's what I'm just going to say this. I'll tell you the number, and then I'm going to laugh about it for a minute. 3.5% by 2020. What makes that funny is the Federal Reserve and all of their great wisdom. They are, let's face it, they're the smartest of the smart. Actually said numbers like that aren't, aren't, aren't possible. <laughs> but they are now. Uh, and really, I think what that means is is we are going to see the labor force participation rate to continue to decline. That's just my guess. But by 2020, expect an unemployment rate of 3.5% again with only a hint of inflation. In other words, he doesn't anticipate that actually parlaying into wage inflation. And and here's the thing, you know what, and I and I would love to give to credit and I wanna say it was Goldman Sachs yesterday where they said the power has been given to the companies. The workers no longer have any power Therefore, ergo, wages are not going to rise. That the employers have gotten, you know, they've gotten all the benefits, all the, I guess, the changes in regulations and all of those things uh, have been in their favor. And at least in, in Goldman Sachs' eyes, says that in that one of the big caveats of that is the American worker isn't really going to be making any more money. Kind of like what we said the other day. Hey, yeah, wage hourly wages grew, but they just cut back the amount of hours you worked, so you didn't really make any more money. But uh, uh, Charles Evans out, Fed Governor Evans says that he could easily see the unemployment rate falling to 3.5% by 2020. Okay, We're at 4.1 now. Uh, says let's hold off on interest rate hikes. You know, the Wall Street loves that. Listen, we, we see all what happens when you try to do it. And, uh, oh, by the way, uh, I only see a hint of inflationary pressure. Uh, that, that that was Evans, and he's still talking. So as, as things break, uh, I'll give them to you. Uh, but I wanted to go to the Senate. Now, here's something I'm going to tell you. If this version passes, and remember, tomorrow we got a government shutdown. If there's going to be a shutdown, are we? You know, we've been funding the budget with all of these, you know, three-week deals, right? Uh, let's keep it open. Let's keep it open. Let's keep it open. So we really don't know uh, what's happening with the debt outside of what the Treasury is telling us, which is we're issuing a lot more of it. Uh, but but this broke this morning. Nothing is final. Nothing is finished. But according to reports, Senate leaders are nearing an agreement on a two-year budget deal. This would be the first full budget of the Trump era that would also include provisions to raise the debt ceiling. According to the report, Senate Democrats and Republican, uh, excuse me, Republicans are increasingly likely, you know, really we should just call them all the same because let's face it they just they all want the same now you know it used to be the di- the difference between uh the democrats and the republicans was one said they were fiscally conservative and and the other was more kind of socialistic and hey let's 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 redistribute the wealth 
Now, apparently, they both want to redistribute the wealth to, to whoever they see fit. Increasingly likely that a debt ceiling increase will be attached to a budget deal. Well, it actually has to be, <laughs> because without the raising of the debt ceiling, the government shuts down. Senate negotiator, well, if it's a long-term, right, they can always do what they've been doing. I guess technically he's right. They could do a small extension and, and leave the debt ceiling uh, to readjust later. But if they, if they do this deal, they're hoping to announce it as soon as today. What's not in it is the, the, you know, the DACA stuff, the, the immigration things. Uh, will now likely be dealt on its own terms. So the the Senate Democrats and the Senate Republicans are like, well, let's not even do immigration now. Now remember, that's been the hold up the whole time. Uh, won't be used as a bargaining chip in the government shutdown. So in other words, the Democrats got nervous after Trump said, let's just shut it down. Fine, you want to shut it down? Let's shut it down. Otherwise, get me something. I'm going to tell you what. That was a pretty shrewd move by the president yesterday. Give him credit there. Because apparently today the Democrats don't want any part of it. Such a deal could infuriate the president. Of course, he made that demand. They said that funding for border security would not be in the bill, and neither would the border wall. So they want to avoid all of that. Just so you, so I don't know how far it'll go, but this is as we know it right now two-year deal they are going to burst the budget cap on defense and domestic spending in the bill uh, they're going to oh by the way raise the debt limit funding for disaster relief and funding for community health services or health centers this would be a a good deal for the president because he's going to get his defense and he's going to get his infrastructure uh, the the deal right now as it stands, eighty billion dollars a year in additional military spending. Wow! So that's that's really close to what he asked for. A non-defense spending increase of sixty-three billion dollars a year. So if you know you kind of just do a little napkin. Addition. That's 143 billion. That's 286 billion more dollars of debt in two years. Uh, that that is what is being produced. Uh, Schumer and McConnell quote making real progress on a spending bill that would increase the caps for both military and middle class priorities on the domestic side. Now I don't know. I'm assuming they're talking about infrastructure. If they're not talking about infrastructure, then while we're re- <laughs> that's supposed to come out Monday, the president's supposed to do his infrastructure thing on Monday. I'm going to assume that that 63 billion includes the infrastructure. Uh, but if you do the math, so add another 143 billion dollars to the debt this year. Another $143 billion to the debt next year on top of the where, – where I think we're at about 900 and some odd billion already. So that would put us over the trillion-dollar mark uh, starting this year uh, instead of next year. 
uh, one guy out there said, this is a bad, 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 bad deal. And you could say the word bad a hundred times. Jim Jordan, uh, co-founder of the House of Financial Freedom Caucus. Okay, so that's the quote-unquote conservatives uh, in Congress. But this is something where I'll tell you right now. If something like this passes, that's going to be good news for gold. That's going to be good news for Wall Street. Uh, That's going to be good news, well, I guess bad news for the bond market. Uh, I I get where now Evans is, if if this is true, I get where Evans, hey, 3.5% unemployment. I'm more at 4.1 now, but if we're going to spend that kind of money, man, wouldn't it be great? I would love to be the the president. Now, if there is no offsets, by the way, I read the whole thing, at least of what is out there. Not a single mention of a single cut to any program. So you sit there and you're thinking about, it looks like we're going to be adding 400 to $500 billion a year to the debt uh, with no spending offshoots. So that's going to that's gonna do something, right? I mean... That alone, that type of spending alone, should get you at least a couple of points of GDP. I don't, th- I don't know that it will, but it could. I mean, uh, the five hundred billion. Now, of course, a bunch of that was the the tax cuts, which doesn't go dollar for dollar. But this is straight up spending, eighty billion dollars more a year, and it's not you know the defense spending. We're already spending something like five hundred and fifty billion a year on it. Here's another $80 million. And then infrastructure, we know infrastructure, we've been at $60 billion a year. So it's not like we're not spending on roads and bridges and freeways and highways and Amtrak, which seems to can't stay on the track. Uh, but but I don't know. Now they're saying an extra $63 billion. I, my, my guess is 40 or $50 billion more in infrastructure, and then you give the Democrats a few bones in there as well. Uh, but that was announced this morning. So this is uh, what they're talking about this morning as far as uh, can we get a budget deal. One thing they didn't do, and of course I wouldn't either, which was say what the debt limit increase would go to. I mean, I'm just thinking right now we know – uh, from the Treasury that the debt is going to be 21 point, I think it's 21.2 trillion by June, by the end of June. So then you factor in deficits of at least, because remember, when, when we talk about trillion dollar deficits, that's the good number. So you have to factor in all the other ancillary numbers, so that would be at least 1.5 trillion, maybe a little more than that. So figure a two-year deal. That's got to be at least another three trillion. If they want to have no more shutdowns, now they could raise the debt ceiling to something smaller, knowing that hey, we're going to have to talk about it again before, even though we have a budget deal for the next two years. But if they don't want to deal with it again until after 2019. 24 somewhere between 24 to 25 trillion dollars and that will only get us to the end of 2019 
And you think about, we started, you know, at 20, right? So, so 2018, 2019, right? That's five, that's four to five trillion dollars worth of spending. And you, so we kind of look at all of these budget projections. Oh, the budget deficit is going to be $30 trillion in 10 years. Not a chance. It's going to be $30 trillion by, you know, 2022, the way this is going. Uh, but that is at least the numbers that are out today. We'll have to see. They have till tomorrow. And, again, this is a, a Senate bill, which is where, really, when you think about it, that's where the, the tough rowing is because that's 51 Republicans. Only four and forty-nine Democrats. So if you have two Republicans voting no, you don't get a deal. So now they need to get something where, hey, we can have some Republicans voting no as long as we get some Democrats to vote yes. And uh, the way you get Democrats to vote yes, spend a whole bunch of money, and they they get on board. So that's uh, that's what we're seeing. We'll keep you updated on that. Like I said, that would be I don't even know what that would do. I, my gut would tell me that we definitely get inflation, and we definitely are going to have to see re- rising rates a whole lot sooner. I know Evan said no, uh, but we'll have to wait and see. So that that was the word out today out of Congress. Uh, when we get back from the break, I'm going to share with you Robert Kiyosaki and then uh, one of uh, Donald Trump's biggest supporters, Carl Icahn, what they had to say about the markets yesterday. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative perspective since 1983, continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Hyatt. Senator Jeff Flake was a frequent attendee at the Koch Brothers Conferences of Donors, and he has remained anti-Trump to this day. All that got him was a disapproval rating so high in his home state of Arizona that he resigned at a young age rather than even try for re-election. Now, Senator Flake is leading a group of other anti-Trump senators, including Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, to try to forge a deal with Democrats to protect illegal aliens known as Dreamers. The Congressional Budget Office, or CBO, issued a report throwing cold water on this bum's rush to protect DACA recipients. The CBO estimates that legalizing Dreamers would cost taxpayers over $25 billion over the next decade. The CBO explains why the cost of Dreamers would far exceed any benefit that Americans would ever see. Once legalized, the Dreamers would become eligible for the full array of benefits for the working poor, including Obamacare, Medicaid, food stamps, and much more. Dreamers would consume more benefits and pay less taxes than the average American because their skills and education are so much lower. Even though most Dreamers are now in their 20s or 30s, for example, more than half of them never finished high school. Part of the skills gap is because dreamers were never required to demonstrate English fluency, and many are functionally illiterate. Of those who signed up for DACA, many required the help of a translator to fill out the form. The CBO estimates the cost of all those federal benefits at $27 billion over 10 years, while only $1 billion of new tax revenue would be generated from dreamers moving out of the shadows to regular employment. Even in Washington, where the federal budget is measured in trillions, $26 billion is real money. 
Democrats are acutely aware of the value of $26 billion, whether or not they are willing to admit it when the Dreamers are concerned. Trump's border wall, which Democrats consider exorbitantly expensive, would cost only $21 billion, according to the Department of Homeland Security. Rather than spending that money on keeping illegal immigrants here, perhaps we should build the wall and keep illegals out. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Illegal immigration burdens our schools and social services and opens doors to criminals and terrorists. Outdated visa programs divert jobs from Americans. PhyllisSchlafly.com chronicles these outrageous unfair practices and provides answers. Go online to PhyllisSchlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back, 800 You know what? I'm, I can't be surprised. I never, you know, when I started doing this, and I think back, you know, it's been 14 years. Has it been 14? 14, maybe even 15. The debt was $5 trillion. Right now we're talking about a number that's going to be Twenty-four or twenty-five trillion, and really, if you really, I mean, based on what I'm seeing right now, and, and again, this is what is being talked about in the Senate as we speak. Twenty-five trillion in a matter of you know fifteen years or so, we'll have had the debt go from five trillion to twenty-five trillion. And we're talking about trying to get to three percent. And I I mean three percent. Three percent in the old days was yeah, you know, it could be better. You know, uh, we're we're gonna be vigilant. Uh, and you know, if they if it slips much lower than that, we're gonna have to do something. Right now three percent is somehow some form of uh, uh, the the bell standard of how great everything is, right? It's the new normal now. Now three percent is great. Used to be somewhere around four and a half to five percent. I mean, think about it. God, there was years you were growing at six, seven, eight. Uh, now, now we're talking about three. And the fact that Congress, I never thought we'd get to the point where. You're talking about deficits that are going to be trillions of dollars and nobody cares? None of them? One guy? One guy? The Freedom Caucus. Who, let's face it, they, they were on board with the tax, right? They got them on board with the tax cut. They got a few little, you know, a few little cupcakes to, to sign on. And somehow nobody, nobody thinks that that's going to be bad? Well, apparently a couple people do. Uh, Carl Icahn, here's what he calls what's happening today. The earthquake is coming. This was him yesterday, and he was on the Billionaire Channel, CNBC, gave a big interview. A lot of people will pay the price like the price in 1929, right? And here's a guy. Let's face it; he's a you know multi multi billionaire. He was the the money behind Home Depot. He's a he's a he's a debt guy, right? That's what he does. That's how he's made his his living. 
Passive investing is the bubble right now. Remember, and I've warned this, you know, and they've all come out in the last few days to talk about how, oh, no, 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 the markets are working fine. Nobody worry. It's not fine. Right? There's too much in a small time. It's fine when everything's normal. The second there's any type of issue or volatility, the markets don't work very well. There's going to be a major, major, major concern. Or, I'm sorry, correction. Passive investing is the bubble right now. Right, that's your ETF. There's going to be a major, major, major correction. This is a manifestation of a real deep problem we have in our market. There is a huge bubble of passive money flowing in. Now, again, we can argue about why that is. I know why it is. This has all been created by the central banks with the interest rates and the mispricing of debt. A sort of euphoria, and a lot of people are going to pay the price just like in 1929. I do think this market will bounce back. Okay, Talking about the seller. So he came on, he was on early yesterday. The, the Dow at the time was up maybe 100 or 150 points. I do think the market will bounce back, which it has. So, right? He's right. But there are rumblings before the earthquake. Right? Before the big one hits, you get a bunch of little ones. The market is telling you something. It's telling you it's very dangerous. It is way over leveraged. Well, that's something that we haven't talked about a lot. And you know what? I don't know, right? Because I don't do that kind of stuff, right? I'm, I don't. I'm not. You know, the 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 leverage thing and all of these, all of the new. Uh, you know, they had it with the VIX, right? I, I don't know if you saw it. Three or four hedge funds just blew up, right? They're out of business because the VIX went, you know, from 9 to 50. And it was all this leveraged VIX ETF and all this stuff. Eventually, there's going to be a bigger problem. This was Carl Icahn. A bigger, I'm sorry, i got to read a little better. Eventually, there's going to be a bigger problem than 2009. And I think really what he meant was 08, but it doesn't matter, right? You get it. And whether it was 06 or 07, 08, or, 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 or 09. A bigger problem than 2009, a bigger problem than 1929. A major storm is coming. Could be five years, could be five months. Icon ended that with saying, no one can tell you what the market is going to do. It's, <laughs> it's fantasy to think that you can. But he added this is what he thought would happen based on his research. 
So here's Carl Icahn coming out, talking about the markets, saying, listen, I've been doing this a long time. This is what my research tells me that's going to happen. And, oh, by the way, I'm going to make a bunch of money when it does. I am still concerned that one day you'll see a break like you had last week, but it's not going to come back. The casino is on steroids. The market is a casino on steroids. They add that the veteran market maker watcher said that this is not the explosive time yet. Right? Like I said, he said, you know, five months, five years, not really sure. But the casino is open. The casino's on steroids. And it's going to be worse than 08, 09. It's going to be worse than 29. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. 800-951-0592. Silver's all the way down to what, just above 16, just below 1640. And again, it's one of those days, buy it all. Buy it up, buy it big. Uh, U.S. Silver Eagle rolls down to 380 a roll. Uh, so 380 a roll, there's 20 in a roll. Uh, that brings it all the way down to uh, 19 bucks, $2.62 over spot. Uh, just a great time. Again, one of those times, matter of fact, the silver to gold ratio broke above 80 again. Uh, so remember, we watched that. That's always a great, that's the big number. Anytime it goes above 80, uh, even the high 70s is high, but 80 plus, uh, that that's that's historically way above the norms. Uh, so U.S. Silver Eagles today, 380 rolls of silver quarters at 125. Either way, both great ways to get into the silver markets at 800-951-0592. And, of course, you know, thing is, you know, silver to mark can be up 60, 70, it just happens, right? It moves a lot. Uh, take advantage on that that pullback, especially in correlation to where the gold price is. Uh, U.S. Silver Eagles, $380 a roll at 800-951-0592. By the way, that puts a case, uh, a green monster box, 9500 bucks. And I'll throw in the shipping on that as well. 800-951-0592. So Carl Icahn warned yesterday. We got the steroid casino. And, and really, again, the mispricing of debt has created all of these leveraged ETFs and all of this stuff that are going to make the problem significantly worse, especially stuff that was supposed to make you feel safe. Those are the ones that are right are the most dangerous. I kind of like that VIX one that blew up the other day. Robert Kiyosaki was out as well. He actually had a little smaller range. So Icon said, hey, five months, five years, something in there. Robert Kiyosaki said the next year or two. So 2018 or 2019, he was pretty specific and he says I can't wait he goes because that's when I make all my money (laughs) 
but the next year or two uh, is when he sees it happening, and, and it's all the same stuff. And it's kind of like I talked about yesterday. You know, you get all of this, you know, deficit spending, and you get it all cranked up, and and you start spending all of this money, and you've got to sell all of this debt, which forces rates to rise, which forces the debt levels to get even worse, which forces the rates to rise even farther, which puts the pressure on the equity markets, right? It's a, kind of like that vicious circle. See, it wasn't that bad when the deficits were, you know, two, three, four trillion dollars, right? That, it wasn't that bad. But now the deficits are 20 in the next 24 months. It looks like it's going to be about 25 trillion. It's incredible. It really, it's amazing. Uh, This was out from the Department of Education, the Inspector General. The student loan bubble continuing to, to worsen. So remember, what was it? Two or three weeks ago. They said that by, I think, what was it, 2021, that 40% of all student loans would be in default. And now the Department of Education, the Inspector General, says it's getting worse. Record number of Americans are enrolling in government-subsidized student loan debt forgiveness plans. (laughs) Right? Hey, I got this debt. I can't pay it. Can I do something? Right? Can you help me out? Uh, what are we going to do about it? Uh, the plans known as the what? I, hold on here. I got to get my my cursor in the right spot. They are based upon income. So, in other words, hey, I went to college, got my degree. I didn't get my degree. Who knows? Right? Whatever it may be, because it really doesn't matter. But I don't make any money. Right now, well, and I. It's not that I don't make any money. I just don't make enough money to really pay for stuff. And uh, they call it the income-driven repayment. And according to the Inspector General of the Department of Education, the monthly payments, the monthly payments of these plans are so low that the balances that are left on these plans after 25 years would need to somehow be forgiven. Overall, borrowers in the income-driven repayment plan would, would repay far less than what they originally borrowed, not to mention anything to do with the interest of the program of the bills, and draining the program of billions and billions of dollars in expected revenues. A report last month, 40% of student loans taken out. Okay, I had the dates wrong. 40% of the loans taken out in 2004 will be in default by 2023. This is just the 04 number, right? Student loan debt really hadn't kicked into high gear right until like 08 and 09. By the way, by 2023, they're saying that the student loan debt number 
will be well north of three trillion. As a matter of fact, approaching three and a half trillion dollars. By the way, the forty percent number blowing past anything anybody ever expected and now going to create a budgetary issue for the Department of Education. Go figure. Don't worry. We'll just throw that on there. Call the, Re- call the Republicans. They love to spend money now. 800-951-0592. Final segment coming up. All right, we just got an update. Uh, They're bumping up the numbers again now. Senate leaders eyeing a potential deal to raise the budget cap by $300 billion. So we're at $286. Uh, Nope, that's not going to get it done. Let's go $300 billion. How it would work, $80 billion in defense, $63 billion in non-defense in year one. Year two, let's bump that number up, right? Let's go $85 billion in defense, $68 billion in non-defense, uh, plus, uh, you know, saving some uh, room for a couple of $4 billion worth of some cupcakes, right? <laughs> right? Some earmarks or whatever to get someone to vote for it. Uh, looks like the Congress, at least the Senate, looking at trying to avoid a government shutdown, uh, adding Let's just call it 150 billion a year uh, to the deficit, uh, which would put the the well, us well past the one trillion dollar a year number. And again, that would be the good number. Uh, still, I have yet to see anything on what they're going to raise the debt ceiling to. So all as we know is the Treasury says, hey, based on the next five months. So starting in February, all the way to the end of June, that the deficit would be uh, 21.2 trillion. Now we're going to add, uh, you know, 300 billion in for this stuff, and, and of course you, you have uh, all the other things that were already the tax cuts and all of the rest of those, uh, which would put, you know, again, I'm. I'm Three and a half, you know, the bad number, the real number, you know, somewhere around, somewhere between three and three and a half trillion on top of that. Uh, so that would put the the debt ceiling, at least with my, you know, on a napkin here, they would have to raise the debt ceiling uh, north of 24 trillion, somewhere between 24 to 25 trillion. I don't know how it, it, it will work. They may, may do the budget spending bills. And then raise the debt ceiling to something like you know twenty three trillion or twenty you know something like that, knowing that hey we'll have another debate even though we've got budget uh, before. But if they want to get to and just think about what they're trying to get to, this would take them till the end of September of twenty nineteen. So. On October 1st of 2019, if they don't want any more government shutdowns and they don't want to do any debt limit stuff, which just tells you that October 1st, 2019, uh, we're going to have a national debt that will sit somewhere between 24 to 25 trillion, even though they still try to tell you, oh, well, you know, it's 
the deficit's only going to be thirty trillion in ten years. It's going to be thirty trillion in about four or five years. Again, and I told you all along, it's going to be forty trillion. Uh, that's what we're we're shaping up to be. Uh, but it sure looks like, boy, this looks like it's going to happen. They they seem pretty excited about it. Chucky e. Schumer is on board. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, she's in the House. So again, they don't really need the Democrats in the House. Uh, they do need the Democrats in the Senate. Uh, and it looks like they're going to get that support. So $300 billion added to the national debt with this new budget deal if it comes to fruition. Uh, U.S. Silver Eagles, over 80 ounces for an ounce of gold, 380 a roll, 125 a roll on quarters, 800 951 0592.